Welcome to Hills I Die. Thanksgiving stinks. Being old is awesome. I believe twins should be separated at birth. The Bachelor is the perfect way to find love. Adults who like Disneyland are deeply unwell. Welcome to another episode of Hills I Die On. Today, I get to introduce you to a very exciting guest. Uh, he is an actor slash director slash writer slash producer, I've just discovered, known for movies such as Knives Out and Glass Onion, as well as his new feature film that he wrote, directed, produced, and starred in, Blood Relatives. He's also a member of one of LA's hottest power couples and dad to two of the cutest children on the planet. Please welcome to the podcast, Noah Segan. Hello, I'm so happy to be here. I also would like to point out that, uh, uh, as I said, taxes, I do, <laughs> you're, I'm not a CPA, but um, I should have added it as a credit. I mean, sometimes I just like to throw CPA at the end <laughs> of my name just to like, if I'm looking for like a good res somewhere, you know, does that, help, does that help get you into rooms? People are like, Ooh, even if we don't want to cast this guy, we could probably get some good use out of yeah, it. Yeah. Because creeper number four <laughs> may also help us Fix the payroll issues Wait, that's we very have. funny. Do you feel like I, I love when actors come on because I love talking about typecasts. I've only ever taken one acting class, but everyone decided as a group that they would typecast me as girl who gets dumped a lot. And I was like, I'm never taking an acting class again. This is cruel and unusual. And do, is yours creeper? Because that oh, makes yeah, me feel yeah, better. I've got 20 years of creepers. No, I mean, I'm, I'm in sorry. My, I'm deep in my second my second decade of uh, of creeping. You don't have to play creeper and knives out. You know, that, that was a, that was a big ch in, in when, when, uh, when we did Knives Out and Ryan, uh, showed me the script and asked me to play this sort of like goofy kind of keystone cop guy. I was like, is this cause I have a kid? Like, am I a dad now? Like, am I playing like Hilarious. silly dads? And he was like, yeah, that's exactly right. Like, you transitioned like, yeah, from like, creepy to like a goofy, like goof dad. That's a fantastic transition. How do you feel about the transition? I feel great about it. I, yeah. You know, I, I, I don't do as much cocaine. Um, <laughs> still, yeah, you know, no, um, <laughs> you know, I get to close all the doors cause you know, we don't want the heat or the air to get out. So <laughs> it gives me something to do. I close all the doors. Yeah. It's fun. Oh, that's so great. I really I really love that transition. I, I feel like that's a special time in any actor's life where they realize suddenly they've aged into a new bracket. And it feels like you're you're still allowed to play creep at any age. You still get to do blood relatives, right? Like you're still letting yourself play monster. Well, the, the, I feel like the joke with blood relatives is that he's a guy who thinks he's like a cool creeper. But yeah. The the reality is that he is a goofy dad. Yes. Like that and is it's his so final great. form. So you it's know? truly you embracing both of these genres. Obviously I was struggling with something while sitting in front of, uh, in front of that keyboard. <laughs> Uh, well, a magnificent movie. I have to admit that I haven't seen uh, Glass Onion yet, not because I don't want to, but because I'm forbidden from seeing it until I'm home in Chicago with my family because there are too many of us and it takes way too long to decide on a movie. And this one we can all agree on. I mean, that's the dream. That right there should be. I mean, I'm sure there are lovely quotes from some of the world's most prominent film journalists and critics, but that's the quote that should be on the poster. It's true. Like, this is the thing we can all agree yes, to it completely like it is it, it is going to save us hours it's going to yeah. save us so much trauma the, the amount of hours we spend sitting as a family on the couch screaming at each other over content and then half the people go to bed anyway after winning their arguments and this one we're actually going to get to sit down turn it on and watch yeah, it the beauty of this one is and you know no spoilers really but i think at this point everybody knows that the sort of conceit of of glass onion is 
that we are really dunking on a special kind of billionaire. And I sort of feel like even though the, you know, the, the first mystery was, you know, there, there, there were some political angles and definitely a lot to laugh at from either side of, you know, kind of the, the, the spectrum and, you know, and it did take a stand, but this one, I think we can all agree that dunking on billionaires is allowed no I matter totally what your political <laughs> affiliation is. I can't wait. I'll keep you posted on how it goes. Um, and just to get into the real of it, I'm very excited to debate your hill today because I know that it's one that we both feel very strongly about. And those are my favorite kinds. Would you please tell us what your hill is? Well, Taylor... It all started with the Jews. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. No, oh, wait. No, I, I, am, I am Jewish. No, I don't. Um, okay, so here's the thing. I love, like many people, I enjoy, I, I love to go out to yeah. eat. I love to be with the people who I love and to have meals and drinks and have a, uh, a really nice time. And I think it's really special. I think it's a really, especially like the older that I get and the more I realize like, you know what, you know, stuff doesn't matter. Experiences matter. And, you know, let's put our energy and our time and our money into, you know, things that are, that are memories and, and really nice experiences. And so I feel like it's the concept of small plates is a personal attack on my joy. <laughs> Okay, I believe the way you emailed it to me as well is that it's ruining the fabric of our society. It's definitely, agree? I mean, listen, it's it's changing my political views. <laughs> this is a fantastic hill. Uh, I can't wait to get into it. Uh, my first question for you is, have you, have you always felt this way? Is it like, was there one case that you can date back to that you, that really launched this hill? My like villain origin story? Yes, exactly. Story What's here? your origin story? You know, I don't know that there is a single, there is a single event, although I, 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 I will say going way back, um, there was on 34th street or at least, uh, uh, I think it was maybe 35th, 36th street and sixth Avenue. There was a kind of rickety conveyor belt sushi restaurant that my mom used to take me to. And this was like the, uh, if you've never done this before, now it's getting to be hip again. It was all over New York when I was growing up, which were these sort of, you know, almost like automat style lunch places where you would sit on the outside of a conveyor belt and, you know, individual pieces of sushi would roll by and you would pick one and they would charge you for the number of plates that you ate at the end of the day. It was really fun. And, yes. and um, you know, and just like one of those really great, like if you get to live in New York or you get to live in a big city, like a great sort of multicultural fun afternoon Yeah, it's experience. a shtick. It comes with, yeah. I also think oh, there was one across from the Arclight, right? That was the there one I've was. Been now to. there's one in the Glendale Galleria and there's one downtown. They're both uh, called Cura. Oh, okay. Um, and they're uh, a franchise and they do a great job. Okay. Um, but there were many years that Conveyable Sushi was not around. The one in New York, it closed. Anyway, I have like really, really early memories of my mom taking me to Conveyable Sushi and of course, as I formed my philosophy on small plates and my derision of small plates, I went back like Proust, like, <laughs> like, um, and, and like the Madeline in the coffee thinking to myself, oh my gosh. And it was, it was like, it was like an M. Night Shyamalan movie. I realized like, wait, how could I become the villain if my earliest memories were loving small plates, basically small plates, right. guys. Yeah. Because on the conveyor belt, there's no more than one or two pieces no, of sushi. No, it's one, I mean, it's sushi. Yeah. You need a little bite of a exactly. sushi. You say that's good. Maybe you want another. Maybe okay. So that's on to the interesting. I appreciate that you're starting with that because it shows that you're willing to acknowledge moments that you have appreciated a small plate This is plate a conflicted situation that I'm dealing with. Great. Here. Great. 
However, we're processing this. I think that right I love processing things in real time. What are podcasts for, if not live therapy for <laughs> the masses? I love conveyor belt sushi. I would say they differ a little bit from small plates because the cost is typically a little cheaper. Mm-hmm. However, I think some people would argue with sushi in general that it doesn't fill them up. Coming from Midwest family, we didn't eat a lot of sushi. And I know like dad, for example, is going for the chicken teriyaki bowl because eight rolls is not going to fill him up if he gets his own. Right. So, I mean, I'm, I'm going to, I'm supposed to be arguing in favor of pre or of pro, excuse me, pro small plates, but I would say it's kind of different with sushi. Well, now. but nobody's stopping you from getting more on the conveyor belt. I mean, sure. you are, you can, you can. You can keep going back to that sure. conveyor belt. Well, similarly, you could keep ordering small plates. You could keep ordering small plates. Although I think that what, what now that we're really getting into it, I yes. think that the, the big issue is, is that it gives the illusion yes. of a conventional dining experience. Sure. Right? You make a, maybe you make a reservation, mm-hmm. you sit down, you're there, you're there with your partner, your friend, you're there with maybe a bunch of friends, maybe your family, and you order a drink and then you look at the menu and you go, oh, all of this sounds really good. This is really nice. Okay. Well, this, you know, maybe one thing really sounds good or two things yeah. really sound good. And then- Again, conventionally, a server walks up, greets you. We're having a great time. And then they say, everything here is designed to be shared, (laughs) but nothing will be enough. (laughs) And you realize it's like, it's like a Saw movie. (laughs) It's like Jigsaw's game. Uh, Of like how rations will be dished out. So then you say, so then you say to them, well, what do you suggest? Because we all really love the idea of, uh, we all really love the idea of the pot stickers and they go, well, I see here that there's four of you, but there are only three pot stickers in order. <laughs> and you're thinking to yourself, like, isn't this like kind of a nice restaurant? Like, didn't we like, aren't like drinks here like $12 or $15 or whatever, I don't know, <laughs> like some, you know, $20, like, isn't, isn't this like a fancy, nice, like cool restaurant and a cool part? Like, aren't we in Silver Lake or something? <laughs> like, can't you just throw another pot sticker on there for us? And like, charge us an extra couple bucks if you have to, like no big deal. But like now it's like Sophie's choice. Who's going to get the three pot stickers? And not only that, but it's like, you know, well, we all want a pot. Okay. Well, how many pot stickers do you want? Well, okay. Now we got to order a couple, couple orders of pot stickers, but we also want the broccoli. Okay. Well, you know, we get the broccolini. That's fine. And then the server kind of looks at you and goes, you know, you, you should really all be ordering seven to 14 plates a person. <laughs> I do love and you're that like, part there's of There's only five things on the menu. <laughs> like, what do we, so now we should be doubling up and you can't just, you know. And so it's sort of like, I feel like it's tearing at the fabric of family style eating. Great. So that is an interesting point because you do like to share. Like you're, you're okay with family style eating. It's just the portions that you're not. I think it's a, it's a portion issue. It's a, um, it's this expectation that, we do want to take a trip around the menu. Sure. Maybe I don't. Maybe I do just want like the two things that look good to me and you can, you know, bring one first and then I'll eat the other after. Shocking. One and then the other. Perhaps an appetizer and an entree. Perhaps both (laughs) at the same time. Okay, I hear you. I see you. I I respect your opinion. I, however, think as a bad orderer myself, that when we go to a restaurant where you're just ordering for yourself, I almost always blow it. So I love the idea that we can try. It It means like, you know, everyone else orders like a really great pasta. And I somehow ordered like the weird duck that ends up being like, why did I order this? It was a pasta place. I just went for it because I wanted to try it. But now I'm saddled with this 
dish that I don't necessarily want to eat exclusively. So I think with small plates, it lets you have the freedom to fuck up because it's not going to be your full meal. So you can go for the weird shit on the menu and just try it without the fear that you are going to order and then waste all the stuff that you hated and pay for it and feel sad. What about personal responsibility, Taylor? Okay. What about sharing as adults, Noah? (laughs) Are you suggesting that when you order this rhetorical weird duck? Yes. It's not rhetorical. It's real. I order the duck a lot. Um, And I love a duck. I mean, listen, I'm new to me. I I do have to say I'm new to me. I mean, it's it's hard, especially in a restaurant saying you get a bad duck. So, I mean, we're going to offline. I want to know where the weird duck is because (laughs) I'm going to avoid it. But I guess the question is when you, when you order the weird duck, it arrives, you're just not into it. Yes. The expectation is someone else at the table will be. Well, they'll want to try it. I think the expectation is that multiple people see here. Okay. And the portion is so small that you're definitely going to move that duck. Is that that where we're going here? I think the expectation is that everyone was afraid to order the duck because just in case it was bad, there's also the the risk that it could be be, bad. Well, it could have been good. It's just that we didn't take the risk because we were, we were tasked with only picking one. So we played it safe. And by playing it safe, if I had to play it safe all the time, the only reason I ever tried a pork bun was because it was accidentally delivered to me by Postmates at someone else's meal. And so I was like, well, now I am saddled with trying this thing. Loved it. Never would have ordered it at a restaurant because I would have ordered the ramen. Right. So now instead I'm like, oh, there's a whole world of things to try. And with small place, you're encouraged to try. And I, for that reason, think I'm, I'm pro, I'm pro, I'm pro choice. <laughs> Are you telling me you're not pro choice? Wow, you've heard it here, folks. Taylor is pro choice. <laughs> I will also say as a pro for um, small plates, it decreases waste. Because there's not enough food. <laughs> so, well. it's, so what you're so what you're saying is, I mean, is is you're you're going out, you're getting dressed up, you're going to a nice restaurant, <laughs> you're schlepping, you're calling a babysitter in order to engage in 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 scarcity, in order to live as if. You were just rifling through your fridge going, is that one pickle? Is there one pickle in there? Can I have the, okay, there's a leftover pickle and (laughs) there's a teaspoon of jam. And I think I got dinner here. I've done that. That was my, that was my twenties. All right. Variety is great. And I think that there's something to be said for a menu with a lot of variety. I think it's the expectation that we are somehow um, obliged to that variety. Sure. And that that variety, again, will never satisfy us. And, <laughs> and, and, uh, and as someone who, you know, is like, you know, I, I wouldn't say I'm stuck in my ways, but like, you know, there are things I'm, I'm, I'm loyal and, you know, I, I, I have long-term friends and, you know, I, I do have traditions I like to keep up. And I mean, people who like tapas are friendless losers. Um, <laughs> well, I'm just saying I don't know if they can be trusted. <laughs> That's great. 
Uh, can I read you a fun fact real quick? Yes. I, I This honestly argues in favor of your side, but whatever, because it's a fascinating fact. When I was Googling small plates, uh, I don't know if you know this, but centuries ago in part of Spain, they used to not give people enough food in order to make no, them unhappy. No, no, no. Bar patrons would cover their glasses uh, of like sweet sherry with bread to keep flies from flying into their cups. And the bar started putting cured meats on top of the bread to turn these fly protection devices into like treats. And basically the food revolution was born called tapas. Tapas means cover. And so literally <laughs> the conception of tapas was early bug repellent. I mean, there you go. And I, I, again, I love tapas, but like I would, I also think it's like, there's something, there's like a control issue here. If you bring me the Come on. If you bring me that beautifully cured leg of pork that that pig has so generously sacrificed for us and a beautiful, beautiful loaf of bread and a sharp knife and maybe some butter and maybe, yeah, like some pickles on the side, you know, <laughs> something like that, a little creme fraiche. I don't know. I'm just, you know, cracked pepper, let's say. Anyway. <laughs> If you bring all that to me and say, no, I go to town, well, I am going to enjoy that. I'll slice off a little, little, little for you. I'll slice off a little for you. We're all going to have a good time. All of a sudden I feel I may be noshing. It may be a tapas type situation. It may be, they may be little, little plates that we put these things on, but, but I'm in control. I am in control of that ham. <laughs> And I, and, and I think the issue is, is that when you go to a restaurant, you're really putting faith into the kitchen and into the management to sort of say, I'm going to take care of you. Sure. And so, you know, when, you know, yes, there's a portion issue here, but there's also sort of like a, just an expectation of what are, what, what are we doing here? That should be the first conversation <laughs> is not how are we doing tonight, sure. but what are we doing here? I got it. And we should start in the macro. Okay. What, existentially uh -huh. and then you know maybe like i'm not saying waste everybody's time but like we could get from the sort of grand you know we're just a speck in an ever-expanding universe <laughs> down to how hungry are we sure a conversation Quickly. that perhaps you could have with your friends before you pick a restaurant. <laughs> Tapas aside, if you don't like greek food you're not going to go to a greek restaurant. No but to your point uh what if you want to try something new? If you want to try something out and you're taking a risk, wouldn't you rather try out and be able to sample everything on the menu? Because you could take the risk not knowing if you don't like great food. And then you have to choose that you're going to get, you know, the falafel. The falafel is never good. As a, as a recovering vegetarian, the falafel option is never the best option on the menu. But now I'm saddled with the falafel when maybe and and thinking I don't like great food when I would have liked the euro. I would have liked the shawarma, like, right. And I didn't get to try it because I only could order one thing. I think the, I think the issue is, is, is we have to know what we are getting ourselves into sure. before we go. I think, that you need to, I think there it. should be a, you know, just like we have the, the ratings on the front of the, you know, where it's like this, this, you know, we have not seen a vermin. Yes. Case, you get an A, you get a B, there's a little bit of vermin, you get C, you know, it's like real out of borough shit. The food is amazing. It's worth it. You know what I mean? D, whatever. You know, there should be some sort of universal sign 
for all of the energy that we should be taking out of like, you know, making up signs to tell you like who should use what bathroom, we should put that into a universal sign for this place is small plates. Got it. <laughs> and, that, and that is something that I, I think that. That, that, that people should be warned about. I think of all the, 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 the issues, I really don't care if there's vermin. I care if there's small plates. <laughs> Interesting. Um, okay. One of the other uh, arguments in favor of small plates is that uh, it's good for the chefs. It allows them to experiment artistically uh, with, for example, Do it on presentation. your own time, chef. <laughs> Come on, what am I? I'm here to be experimented upon. Well, it's an art. Ex it's art. It's art. Some would argue that it's art. They, but is they it can make their art. Perhaps some people say some people may like it. Some people may not like it. It, it very well could be performance art. I'm sure you've been to places where they, you know, have the smoke coming out of the cocktail. The cocktail is, you know, forty dollars, and but you paid because you wanted the experience of seeing the smoke. Uh, also, quickly. It seems like the sharing thing was one of your points. I mean, not all small plates require sharing. Where are you on like tasting menus? A tasting menu is different. I feel like okay. a tasting menu is quite literally buy the ticket, take the ride. So it's like, like if it's a nine course, each nine course is very small, but you're going to get to taste. Oh yeah. And like, and like that's a, that's, that's a, I mean, it is quite literally it's a, it's, it's an experiential the thing that you're buying, you're buying a, you know, you're buying this, this, this evening, so to speak. Sure. And I think it's like, you know, again, I, I said this at the beginning, I think, you know, the older I get, the more I would value spending a lot of money on an incredible meal and experience with people that I love than I would, uh, you know, a pair of shoes that I'll wear out. Great. You know, and, and, or, 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 you know, something materialistic. So, um, and to that end, I think that, when you're talking about sort of like a really nice tasting menu, Michelin star, whatever you want to yeah. call it, sort of hot. Like French laundry. Most times yeah, it's hot months. shit, yeah. whatever, you know, uh, uh, fancy restaurants. Usually there's a lot to read about. There's mm -hmm. a lot to listen and, 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 and watch, you know, this like, it doesn't, you know, Got you it. don't like whip it's up, a spectacle. you don't whip up a nine course tasting menu at your own restaurant. Like, because you're just like some schmuck off the street. Like right. you worked your ass off to get to the point where you're like, Hey guys, you got to give me a couple hundred bucks and I will show you a incredible time. Right. Got it. So and it's an experience. People have read about it, people have talked about it, people yeah. have reviewed it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like all that's left is to taste it yeah. and to be there and to smell it and to actually be, you know, boots on the ground in that experience. So I'm very supportive of that. That's great. I think it's a I think it's a it's a clarity thing. I think you have to be very clear about what you are getting yourself into sure. here. So I, that's fascinating because it sounds like then, you know, like I, I would never lie to you. I have a total trash palette. I do not have a sophisticated palette in the slightest. I oftentimes would shy away from really expensive meals because even though I love experience as well, I don't think I have the palette to really like, it, well, and maybe I do, but I have been with Mike so long and he eats like a child. So when we go to these places, I spend most of my time feeling anxious that he's going to leave hungry or that he's going to hate the experience. So then I'm like, I can't do this. I got to do it with a pal if we're going to do it. So, somebody else. But most of my meals are with Mike. So I get nervous about sharing it with him. Allison's a little more adventurous. A little bit. Allison is not as adventurous as I am, but I say that and it's like, I'll eat like a, I'll eat like a rotten, like, uh. like, a, like a, this, like this pear has been buried underground <laughs> in a pile of poo for <laughs> And you're like the experience months. of eating shit. <laughs> and the, the fuzz 
that you you should eat the fuzz first. And it's like, I don't know what voice I'm doing. Here. I really like, like whatever I don't know voice who this doing. guy is. I was gonna say, like, where was this? this where did you eat but he's this like, you should eat pear. the fuzz first? <laughs> and then when you're done eating the fuzz, we will come around and we will place a blindfold on you. And then you may be eating the same fuzz or you may be eating a person's fuzz you don't know like i like i'm like i'm super into that shit, right? okay so you are into the performance art of it i am because i'm okay. like i bought a ticket to performance because you bought art. a ticket because i'm because I, I bought a ticket to okay performance so what art. you really don't like is being surprised with small plates at a at a restaurant that you thought was just going to be a regular I'm restaurant showing up hungry. you're showing up hungry i'm showing up hungry and counterpoint to the experiential tasting menu multi-course mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. you even if you get like these little bites you're never leaving hungry like i mean i'm not that i'm oh, like, sure. Mr. like within not nine, that I'm yeah. fucking anthony bourdain over yeah, here sure, and i'm sure, always sure. going out to like one of these fancy with the chef <laughs> but like i've done that a few times and i'm stuffed and you leave full even sure. though they gave me like a bako bit at the end i'm still yeah. like stuffed <laughs> that's great that's great that's that's i think that's good to know that you're open to these other things because it helps me respect this decision more. <laughs> oh, another thing that I researched uh, about tapas that I found fascinating is that uh, the Spanish version of tapas was actually never intended to be a meal. It was intended to basically stop. And same in Greece, I think there's a version. I, I don't know the name, so I won't try. But in several other countries that are not America, uh, there were tapa-esque, you know, meal opportunities that were intended to essentially stop you from getting too drunk at the bar. So they're supposed to be bar foods, and then you would have a full meal after. In America, we have essentially done cultural appropriation again. And we're like, and why are we leaving the bar? Exactly. Like, let's just combine all of these. Yeah, because that's and like, it's very American. Yes. He's like, yeah, so let's just combine the entire thing into one. And call it a meal, even though it was never intended to be a meal. So that's definitely letting you have a point in that round. But I just found that super fascinating when I was reading. I was like, oh, wow. That's There's also like stuff like, like I am a incredible fan of banchan, right? Which is the little dishes that you get at a Korean restaurant, right? Same. And, um, and you'll get like a little dish of, you know, cool pickles or a little dish of like weirdly seasoned sprouts like just stuff where you're just like oh this is cool sometimes like uh, there's a bcd which is like the um tofu soup this like hot tofu soup place it's down in, in k-town they will bring you a little tiny whole fish that's been fried no way and it's like adorable and you're also like how do i eat it do i just eat the whole thing like and, right. you know, you're like looking around like some people are picking at it but then other people are just like chomping on a fish yeah. head and you're like this is awesome but the thing about banchan is number one they'll always bring you more Right. Right. If you're like, oh man, I really dug, uh, I really dug the like kimchi. this, yeah. this, this, yeah, I really dug the kimchi here. They'll bring you as much kimchi as you want. Um, and also it is there to augment like what will probably be like four pounds of tofu yes. or four pounds of beef or yes, something like that. Like, you will get like is. a full so much meal. Food. Yeah. And that's just our little like, hey, how you doing? Enjoy. Yes. yes. And and that that I'm into. It's like the precursor at a supper club where yeah, they bring just you the like little a little pickles, bit of like, man, radishes. I just ate a bunch of this chicken, but like I could really use a little zinger of some kimchi. And yeah, it like, changes right, right the palate. Yeah. Yes, which actually was one of the arguments for small plates is that some famous chefs have said that the palate gets bored after a couple of bites. But you're right. That doesn't mean you should have to leave hungry. You can have all these different ways to reawaken the palate while still having your full meal. I mean, I, you know, guys, I don't know. I go to, I, this feels like it's very meat heavy. I feel like I'm being very like meaty here and I'm not like a huge meat guy, but I will say that 
if you send me to Musso's and you're like, bro, you want that like 24 ounce steak? My palate is ready. Uh, yeah, same. My palate is ready <laughs> for like a full hour Absolutely. of some good shit. Absolutely. I will say though, I arrive hungrier for a Musso's night than I would arrive for a tasting menu or a tapas night for that very reason, which makes me also say when you're going to a restaurant, Noah, look at the menu. If you don't want to be surprised with tapas, do the research. I just, I'm, <laughs> I'm either hungry or I'm not. That's the thing. Uh, it's, it's like, okay, I also, okay. I'm, I'm very like, listen, if I'm hungry, I'm hungry. If I'm not, I'm not, uh -huh. I'm not a little bit, I'm not peckish. Yeah. What is peckish? <laughs> I've never been peckish in my life. <laughs> I've either been starving and That's about hilarious. to fall over in a horrible mood, blood sugar through the floor, or I've been unable to move. You're so full. I am so full. Um, okay. The last thing that I think it's super important to discuss is that people have a really hard time with small plates because of uh, the bill, the bill at the end of the night. It oh yeah, comes, splitting that bill. You're with friends. How do you feel about that? Again, why are you making it a difficult experience? We just had a nice time. Maybe we are still hungry. Right. At least, yes. you know, we, I mean, at least, I mean, maybe you ordered a bottle of wine, but chances are people were ordering cocktails, individual glass of wine. You could kind of split that up. This is making it a chore, right? This is like a restaurant. This is again, this is, this is adjacent to my small plates issue is my reservation issue. Sure. Right. Which is that if you are so blessed to have such success in one of the world's most competitive hardest to, to operate businesses in, in history, the restaurant business, mm -hmm. and people want to go to your restaurant, there are innumerable solutions to ensuring that people can be like, I would like to go to your restaurant. Are you available? <laughs> and instead you've got like, wait a minute, I got to go on like, there's like 15 new websites. I got to go. Okay. A website. That's fine. I'm not so old. I can't do a website <laughs> or an app or like something like that. But like, we don't take reservations mm -hmm, or, mm -hmm. you know, we don't split the check or we don't. It's, sure. This is like, why are you, don't put that on me. Yeah. The, I'm just here. To, I, I, I'm here to support you. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I have a tough time with this one too, because again, as a recovering vegetarian, I used to do small plates because, you know, it was cool. Try the new restaurant, whatever. And it was very hard for me because none of these were, you know, vegetarian or vegan small plates. It's usually, you know, a couple veggie apps or whatever. And then the rest is meat. And then the time would come to split the check. And we were above the age, quote unquote, where it felt acceptable to, just get what you eat. So it's like, we'll just split it. And then we'll just split it environment. Right, and then you're like, I'm paying sour extra. Yes. Bucks. Especially yeah. when I was like an assistant still and being like, Oh my God, I'm starving. I had like two pieces of the asparagus and I ate around, like I ate the crudite around the, <laughs> the meat and now I'm kind of trapped with the bill. Uh, but I will say because I'm supposed to be arguing this as adults, Small plates might force us to have these uncomfortable conversations and help us evolve emotionally. It helps us with sharing, which we don't have to do beyond being a child. And it helps us with, if we're going out to eat with these people, they're arguably our friends, right? We should be able to have these uncomfortable conversations about finances with the people we love. The sharing <laughs> concept though, if I bring, if we go out and we go to a real restaurant, uh -huh. like an actual restaurant that knows how to serve sure, food. Sure, sure. And they bring you, oh, I don't know, let's say a big bowl of pasta and that pasta is delicious mm -hmm. and everybody reaches in and everybody takes the pasta that they would like to eat. Mm -hmm. Is that not sharing? Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's sharing. If I bring you one single farfalle 
and say, okay. fight I over this. I see you. Fight over this but it's bow tie really sharing. pasta. That's not sharing. That is, well, that's, that's like the Hunger Games. Okay, hold on. But I, in my opinion, sharing. Like, you ever read that book Alive about the rugby team <laughs> and they go and they're like, fight over which guy to eat <laughs> and all that stuff. That's flies. what that is. It's like uh, the Donner Party. In my opinion, sharing requires scarcity for it to be real. Otherwise, you're not sharing. Everyone just gets one. So yes, you're, uh, you're in with the pasta situation. If it's a big bowl of pasta, there's enough pasta to go around. Sharing requires the idea, like if you're a kid, there's one doll, share your doll. It's not considered sharing if I just buy two dolls, right? You have but to I mean, share this, that one is doll. This, is this so, sort of, is, is this kind of, of, of pitting brother against brother, <laughs> sister against sister, friend against friend, the sort of experience you want to have when you go out to eat? <laughs> like you've been working your ass no, off. No, you've been working your butt off. You're exhausted. You haven't seen the people you want to see in a week or two weeks or longer. And you say, let's all get together. Let's have a nice time. And I become better people. <laughs> and I am going to fucking fight you over It shouldn't be fighting. Chicken it wing. should be sharing. It should be because I also think it's a fascinating social experiment because there's always always the people who will take some and then leave some for the others. And then, and those, are, and then I think oftentimes those are the people with less, less siblings. And then there's the ones who know that they have to fight for their scraps that are not afraid to take the last. I will build a wall <laughs> of silverware. And if there's like a knickknack, I'll build it around the food that I have ordered that I would like to eat. Amazing. No, I won't do, I, will, I won't do, don't know. Allison's, Al, my wife is listening to this and is so embarrassed. She's not. Know, this is not our experience growing up. <laughs> <laughs> Although I have been grumpy with being surprised by small plates. No, I think like the idea of like, I mean, you know, being able to have, uh, you know, a family style meal where there are, you know, big enough portions of food that everyone agrees are delicious being passed around. Is that not a communal, it's a generous com it is a communal experience, experience. right? Yes, I don't think you'll learn as much as you would if in the shared doll scenario. However, yes, you're technically sharing. I'm not going to argue that that's not the definition of communal. I also love a family style restaurant. Uh, it's why Thai food is the best. You can order everything. It comes in bulk and you get to just try it all. You see, I just I, I don't uh, I don't understand the uh, the idea of of putting people in a mindset where they feel like they're going to have to make like some sort of Sophie's choice. Um, <laughs> While over, trying to like de over their decompress after work. Uh, the other last thing I have for you is you had mentioned that specifically, I really enjoyed the verbiage of uh, small plates were ruining the fabric of society. And my argument for you was that the fabric of society is already up in flames. So if anything, small plates is just fitting the tone of the world right now. And you know, what's better than a good theme party? <laughs> just staying on theme. Well, I mean, is, is, is the argument then that we should then be going out for small plates only to complain about the small plates like is this like a meta type of like is this are we down a rabbit hole now it's like a theme party where we just go to give each other a hard time wait did you eat the did you did you eat the last bruschetta that bruschetta was have you ever tried to cut a piece oh. of bruschetta <laughs> in three pieces because they only give you two has that ever happened there is yes. nothing more that is it's 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 dehumanizing. <laughs> we did too. We did do dim sum recently and Mike has less experience with it than me. And he was trying to be nice. And I watched him cut through a soup dumpling, trying to share it with me. And I was like, Oh, like we both were just like, 
There it goes. I mean, now what do you think of him? Do you think less of him? As, no, I, mean, I thought a, it was the sweetest thing ever that he was trying to share the last dumpling with me, not realizing that it was just going to open the whole thing. And, you know, it was it was a misanthropic. Uh, Were you, you disappointed, know, though, that you didn't get the soup? I think I felt less sad about that and more joyful that my husband would consider sharing with me. So all in all, that was nice. And now you live and you learn. Now he won't be cutting into soup dumplings. I mean, you could just say, hey, can we get one more soup dumpling yeah, over which, here? Yes, which for sure. And with dim sum, I would I would argue, I would argue again to that point that one of the toughest things with small plates is the price. Because if you were getting a bunch of pri- uh, small plates, but they weren't priced like they were big plates, you would feel more comfortable buying more small plates. That's sort of the elephant in the room yes, here that we're also, I think we should that also just touch on around. Yeah, yeah. for a moment here is that all of this stuff, like, you know, you go out, I don't know, and like in LA, maybe you go out and I don't know, an appetizer is 15 bucks exactly. and an entree is like 20, 25 bucks. Like let's actually get down to brass tacks, yeah. folks. Um, can I say that? Is that, a, <laughs> is that a phrase that is brass tacks? Yeah. I, I just wonder if brass tacks has some unfortunate connotation. Hey, Will, fact check that for us. And just if it sure does cut it out, yes. something I don't think you are. Yes, exactly. Brass tacks. Um, yeah. So, you know, you're saying, all right, I'm going to go out to a nice, nice restaurant. This is kind of what I expect to spend. But if everything on the menu is like 20 bucks and then they're like, please order two of everything on the menu if you expect to actually have enough food. Yeah. To me, that seems like a griff. Yeah, it's too exclusive. I I don't disagree with you there. (laughs) It seems like you're just saying to people, I'm not going to give you enough. And I'm telling you this to your face, right? This is also like, it's a very, you know, you're like, you're kind of making a contract there, right? With your server, you're like, all right, we're going to have this little relationship and, and friendship for an hour or two. And like the first thing that you get hit with is like, ha ha ha, I've got you. Yeah. Um, and, and to me, that feels like that's not fair to the, that's not fair to the server. Yeah. It's not fair to the people sitting there. I feel like if you're talking about like a nice restaurant that kind of prides itself on, you know, a chef, you know, designing a menu, designing an experience. Well, maybe like, you know, Hey, table four over there, there's six of them. Make sure they get enough fucking, you know, uh, crep lock for six or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. Nobody's going Agreed. to share, share plates <laughs> and getting crap off. So at my <laughs> restaurant, you are. <laughs> That's basic. Uh, I, I completely agree with you. It feels uh, very classist to be saying to look someone in the eye and be like, you should get eight plates, knowing that that is true. That's how much it will take to feel full. But that will require paying three hundred dollars. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which is not what you were expecting when you were, you know, a walk in at a new place in Silver Lake because they had a table available. Uh, I don't disagree with you. So I do have a little game for you. The game is one of my favorites. We haven't played it in a while. It's called Would It Change Your Mind If? So I'm going to just ask you a couple of questions about the small plates world. You writers, you guys are always coming up with with stuff that you've put down somewhere. (laughs) What does that even mean? (laughs) It's just so writery. Like, What does that even mean? I I recorded thoughts. (laughs) How dare you? How dare you? 
dare you actor overwriter me? I will. And now I am determined to win this debate. If you had started with that, this would have been way less amicable. Uh, that, on that note, let's get into it. Uh, okay, so would it change your mind if uh, when serving small plates, each dish was already divided into the exact portion per person to ensure equal sharing of said dish? Yes. Great. Uh, take note of that. Restaurants. Uh, would it change your mind if you're not full, you get to go back and ask for another dish to eat until you are full? of that thing yeah keep it coming and what if it was like half off if you order another i mean what if it was like one of those like brazilian steakhouses where yeah. you get the they should have this at every restaurant in the world <laughs> it's like a little card yes. and one side is green and one side is red and if it's red they don't come by and serve you but if it's green yes. they, there's just like guys roaming around with like meats on sticks and sawing you off and a whole tomato totally and a whole whatever it's like you know and yes that's great okay great i love that uh we're saving the restaurant world uh okay if the, we talked about this one a little if the prices of small plates were cut in half the thing is is that if you go to like legit tapas it's not that expensive because they know what the fuck is up they know that you're there to like have a bunch of little snacks yes we're there's, talking american small plates right like point. there's there's, yes, a, there's a place in, in eagle rock malbec market giving them a plug because they're dope um and they do, they used to do a lot more. Now they're, they're, they're kind of doing more of a traditional menu, but they used to do like little proper tapas. I think it's Argentine. And, and they would do like, you know, a little, a little tiny little fish on a piece of cracker. And they'd be like, cool, that's two bucks. And you'd be like, yeah, it is two bucks. What well, great, great bite for two, two bucks for that bite. I'll take it. That's amazing. So I think what they need to do is recognize where they came from. I love that. I don't know why, I don't know why that was so profound. <laughs> it, it, ended, just, it really was. It like required a moment of silence afterwards of just like deep, deep, pensive Respect thoughts. the concept yes. of small. That's the problem. There's no, there's no respect for the small plates. You're right. You're right. And and throughout, I've been calling them tapas and that's not fair. That's wrong. It's not fair. It's small plates. It, it's, not, it's not fair to tapas. You're so right. My other one is if there was a magical program to charge everyone for the exact amount of food that they ate without having to make it weird at the table. Yeah, but I think that would just be good in general. Even when you go out to a regular regular meal because oh, often sorry. you go out to a regular meal and let's say everybody does get an app or they share a couple of apps or they, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, somebody gets a more expensive entree than somebody else. Or maybe there's somebody, listen, people who don't drink people who exactly, yeah. what if you don't drink and you didn't have, you know, 40 or $60 worth, worth of booze. This should be just worked in. Yeah, we should figure that out. That's the new app like Venmo that once somebody when somebody solves is just going to save the day. <laughs> well, now they, they're finally starting to do the thing that they do outside of the U.S. where like the guys got um, uh, uh, a handheld reader. Your server will often come by and do the whole thing on the at the table. Mm -hmm. And I feel like whatever that machine is, yeah. I wonder if we could hack it. To also do the other thing. Just to do the math for us. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Someone. Any hackers out there. Exactly. Get to work we're on not the, CPAs and we're not hackers. On the, but, uh, on the credit card machine. <laughs> on the traveling machine, which they really love coming to your table with now. I love it too. It makes I you feel like we're like about to like have a little game. Totally. I also think it's great because it, I think in a good way, it forces people to tip more. And I think because you're now facing the person who served you. So if you are one of those six who under tips, it's like, it's not your fault. The button the like is yes. this is this actually like up oh, 20% button 25% yes. button yes. Like that button game changer game changer you don't I'm have like, to do the math there it is that's what that's that's the rule exactly the exactly and we're not going to screw you because it's not your fault that there's small plates it is 
the chef and the no, restaurant it's not, owners. No, they're just bringing the small plates. Exactly. They are, they're, they're, they're more. They're in it with you. They're in it with me. Yes. They're looking at these plates as they bring them over going like, these are pretty light. I could carry Probably a dozen of these. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, okay. Would it change your mind if after the experience of having small plates, if you aren't full, you get a chance to talk to the chef face to face and have him apologize sincerely at the end of every meal? This is my dream. <laughs> my dream in general is after I have been let down by an experience to just fetch at the person who let me down. It might not even change anything. Like it doesn't even like, they, they, like the, you know, oh no, I, you wouldn't require, they wouldn't end up vouching the meal. They wouldn't end up, they would just like sincerely apologize. They would just sit there yes. while I'm they like, would let take me tell it. you everything that's wrong they would with take this it. experience. Exactly. This is my dream. The world would be a better place if I could just just gripe <laughs> for like, it doesn't even have to be that long for like 40 seconds. Yep, exactly. And you, it would add up because it would be throughout the day. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> so in every experience, basically it would be like every third or fourth experience. I would feel compelled to just be like, let me tell you everything that's wrong with this. And it's not personal, not everything that's wrong with you, Yeah. but everything that's wrong with what you have done. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, and then the last one is, uh, would it change your mind if at the end of the small plates, you were given the check alongside a McDonald's meal voucher so you can fill up later? I have done that, though. I have absolutely there have definitely been experiences where I've gone out to like a nice fancy meal or like a party that even had like good food, but maybe I didn't have enough. Sure. Or then maybe I had like three or four or like 15 drinks. And I was like, oh, dude, I got to get I got to get some nugs in me. Like I got to get nugs right now. Stat. I need to just power through like, like a dozen. Yeah. It's like two bucks. Yeah. And it's just, and it, and, and there's nothing like it. So yes, I sort of feel like the, um, my cheese course (laughs) is like the, is the drive through. Absolutely. (laughs) Yes. I don't need the cheese course. I also think it could be brilliant because you can bake it into the cost. Like, so you charge every, you know, 50 cents more for every small plate. But then knowing that you acknowledge that I tried all your stuff and now I'm going to go get a yummy full belly. There was, we should do research on this. Wasn't there a a restaurant where they were going to like Popeye's and getting fried chicken at Popeye's and then adding it to the meal? No way. We have to look look that up. up. Hold on. (laughs) I'm so excited. Pins and needles. Oh man, I, I'm not. I'm not trying to name names here, but a restaurant in Southern California was roasted uh-huh. over their fried chicken, and it wasn't exactly their chicken. No way. There was an eatery in Southern California, unnamed, that specialized in Southern comfort food, which include included the the classic, uh, you know, chicken and waffles, and um, and they were going to Popeyes and getting. Popeye's fried chicken, which is some of the best fried chicken out there, uh-huh. and serving it. And upcharging. And obviously upcharging. Um, I wonder, let me see here. That what is just amazing that someone would actually consider that would be part of the restaurant model. I wonder how they got caught. It must have been like a rogue waiter or someone who was like, I see this Popeye's chicken coming in. Yes, yeah, somebody like saw like somebody bringing in like <laughs> bags and bags of Popeye's fried chicken. That's um, amazing. That is Fantastic. So anyway, I mean, yeah, wouldn't it be? It would be awesome if I went and had like a really fancy, you know, like hot cuisine meal, and then at the end they were like, "Sir, 
do you need a quarter pounder? Yeah. And I'd be like, yeah. They'd be like, all right, here you yeah. go. Like, that would be so cool. And then you'd be okay. And it would, I think it would diffuse the anxiety of feeling like you're still hungry and you paid a lot of money. It would also be like such an incredible, you talk about like palate cleansers. It would be such an interesting sort of um, experiment on one's palate if you had just like eaten some, you know, uni that had been, you know, <laughs> right. earlier that day caught in Santa Barbara and then like Sung to. rice that had been inoculated with, you know, uh, uh, Jerusalem hearts, uh, and you know, like some other, you know, and like, you're just like, Oh, and that's really good. And then somebody just hits you with a jumbo jack and you're like, Holy shit, the Jumbo Jack is just as good. Like That's so funny. I mean, there you go. So uh, I do want to show you one thing that I completely forgot about. Mike and I did one small plates experience uh, at a Michelin place when we were in Paris. And we were so excited. We'd heard nothing but great things about it. And I was still a vegetarian at the time. And I loved that before the meal, they like sent emails being like, please send any dietary restrictions. The chef loves to cater toward uh, anything you need. And I was like, that's so thoughtful. I'm so happy paying for this, you know, fixed price meal comes with the wine tasting great i love that they're taking care of me so i'm like vegetarian fantastic can't wait to see what they come up with we get there we sit down the vegetarian menu is literally just the regular menu but without the meat so if it was like duck over carrots i just got the carrots and it was truly we were giggling so hard because we were like this can't be real right and then mike who's not adventurous one of the courses was essentially pigeon and they delivered him this. I'll post this, uh, online for listeners. I'm going to show Noah right now. It's a picture of the pigeon he was served. Yeah. I've, I've had that. Oh my God. Yeah, we were, it's got like a little finger. It yeah. has a claw. It's we a were pigeon. so what do you think? upset. Don't, what do you mean? When you order chicken or steak, you don't get a hoof or a beak. I would look a piece of meat oh, in the I eye. Oh, I have chills. And chills. This I, is, no, they got, listen, they they throw, uh, they keep that on there complete for, for flavor. I this was know. also, I will say, this was their dessert and it was shaped like a tiny top hat. And even though it tastes like grass, I was like very excited that this tiny That's top adorable. hat was served to me. Yeah. So, so for the, uh, for the fact that it was covered in, I'll, I'll post these photos. The, uh, the pigeon was hilarious. Mike looked at me very seriously and was like, I think the thing that scares me most about this pigeon is that there's still another fork. Like there was still food that was going to be coming after the pigeon. And we haven't gone to any of those restaurants ever since. I went to, uh, I went to one recently. I oh, really? quite liked it. Oh, nice. And it was, and it was a great experience. And I left a uh, small uh, plates or just like a Michelin, like a, like a, you know, um, you know, where, where, you know, you're going to get small, like sure, a, sure, sure. okay, a multi-course. Yes. Yes. More of like of, a tasting. Yeah. Experience. Tasting man. Yeah. Like, you know, and it was, and again, a, I love a tasting. They just, that's the thing is that it was like, I was like, this is such a fun experience. Yeah. It's like going to the theater. Totally. And I'm all for that. They just, this restaurant specifically oversold what they were going to do for us to quote unquote, take care of us. And that was, just I think that's case. more of an issue with the French. <laughs> I think we should end there. Wow. <laughs> I, I don't even want you to get into it. I think that's I think that's a really is safe that next ending. Yeah. Is that my next? Come back, please come back this? and argue against the French. Uh, I love the French, and I would be happy to be the francophile who sticks up for my favorite people. Is there anything else you wanted to add um, to fully, you know, put that nail in the coffin? I just feel like somebody is going to catch me now at some cool restaurant in Northeast LA, <laughs> like picking at a single carrot on a plate and they're going to, and they're going to, I'm going to have like an et two moment. Like how could you? <laughs> or no, if you want to find me, I'm going to be eating at, I'm going to be at Scarantino's 
where the small chicken parm weighs seven pounds. <laughs> just working on that. I'm going to get there at like 3 p.m. I'm not going to leave till eight. My kids aren't going to see me anymore. <laughs> that is the only kind of meal you're going to see me at from here on. <laughs> Amazing. I love that very much. Uh, and with that, I'd love to read you your eulogy. You ready? <clears throat> we have gathered here today to celebrate the life of Noah Segan, who tragically died on the hill of small plates are ruining the fabric of society. <laughs> Noah is survived by a number of wonderful projects, including his films Blood Relatives, which is currently streaming on Shutter and AMC Plus and will be available shortly on VOD, as well as Glass Onion, a Knives Out Mystery streaming on Netflix. You can continue to follow Noah's legacy on Instagram slash Twitter at KidBlue. It's K-I-D-B-L-U. E. Noah, we are so grateful for your time here on this podcast, and we hope everyone can raise a big, full glass that they don't have to share to toast in your honor. May you rest in peace. You can see me? <laughs> I see dead people all the time. Hey guys, thank you for listening to Hills I Die On. If you like what you hear, don't forget to like and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and leave us a review letting us know what you think. You can also follow the podcast on Instagram at Hills I Die On Podcast and on Twitter at Hills I Die On. Follow me on Twitter slash Instagram at I'm Taylor Cox. Thanks again for listening and hope to see you next week.